0: Cyber Risk and Compliance Automation is finally here. Legacy GRC Systems cannot support the powerful, real-time automation and oversight that organizations require to take risks that matter to succeed. CyberSaint continuous control automation ingests data from the GRC stack to update controls against regulatory requirements and risks in real-time, delivering insights and visibility. See how members of the Fortune 500 are saving millions annually by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash CyberSaint. Every 11 seconds, there's a new ransomware attack oil pipelines, universities, corporations, all paying millions of dollars. Barracuda says, don't pay the ransom. Before a ransomware attack occurs, train your teams to recognize an attack and use anti-phishing technology. Protect your applications and they can't get onto your network. Simple backup and restore solutions quickly recover your data without paying the ransom. Build your ransomware protection plan now by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. That's securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. We're proud to announce CISO Stories, a new podcast series in partnership with Cybersecurity Collaborative and Cyber Reason. CISO Stories features the candid perspectives and experiences of frontline senior security executives and dives deep into timely security topics. CISO Stories is hosted by Todd Fitzgerald, VP of Cybersecurity Strategy at Cybersecurity Collaborative, and Sam Curry, Chief Product and Security Officer at Cyber Reason. Listen weekly as they speak with extraordinary CISOs by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash csp
1: welcome back to business security weekly i am your host matt alderman joined by jason albuquerque and ben carr do you have a specific guest or topic that you want us to cover on one of the shows submit your suggestions for guests by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash guests and completing the form we review suggestions monthly and will reach out to you once reviewed Join us for our next live webcast on December 2nd to see what's under the XDR hood. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash webcast to save your seat. And don't forget to check out our library of on-demand webcasts and technical trainings by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash on-demand. All right, gentlemen, articles for this week. Having just spent a, a great discussion about board and the CISO, Some of these articles just align so perfectly this week Mm because the first article that comes out is what did the board know, and and what did they do about it? And it's all around this Solar Winds lawsuit that was filed against uh, the board of directors, I believe. And it it was kind of the last segment was a great kind of segue into this one.
2: Yeah, the CISO. Yeah, I think.
3: go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the CISO was named directly in that lawsuit, or at least one of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that that brings up, you know, some of my concern, right? What was the filter between the CISO and the board? Or was there one? Wasn't there one? You know, for, for right. me, it's all about is the board getting the right information that they need to be getting? And that's that's always been a concern of mine. You know, and that's why when when you know I, I was hired a, as CISO, um one of one of my criteria for, for me coming on board was I needed to report directly to the CEO. That wasn't initially part of my um part of my onboarding that reporting structure. And it's something that I pushed really, really hard for because, you know, I I was able to articulate the fact that there can't be that level of buffer between, you know, a CISO, a chief operating officer, and then the CEO and the board, right? Or, you know, the other one was, do I, you know, would I report to the CFO? And and, and for me, there was just too many um, conflicts of interest, I guess you could say, for me to be comfortable with that. And And it's something that I negotiated that I needed to report directly up to the, the CEO. Uh, at one point, chief revenue officer was thrown out there as, as a reporting structure. And for me, that definitely was not something I wanted to, to have <laughs> You know, security leadership aligned with because that's conflict of interest right there. You know, it's is my job driving revenue or is it protecting the organization?
1: <laughs> right. I mean, if you think the CIO is a conflict of interest, the CRO probably more than definitely right. is. <laughs> right,
3: right, right. But you know, like again, it's just something that for me was so important that I needed to 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 put that as part of my negotiation. And I understand it. CEOs don't want yet another person reporting up to them, right? But I feel that this is one of the roles, whether it's a chief risk officer. And to be honest with you, I played that role, right? So I was CISO, but I own governance, risk and compliance for the entirety of the organization as well. So, you know, for me, it's it's it was worthwhile fighting that fight.
1: Yeah, and in a lot of kind of my talk tracks and my questions from the last segment were related to this article book because I asked Kevin straight out, like, because it alleges that the board knew about the risks facing the company and failed to monitor these risks, which led to the breach. However, mm-hmm. if one, so two points here: number one, did they were they briefed on these risks? And number two, did they have a plan in place to address these risks? Because it, just because you allege it doesn't mean that they're they're still liable for this in in, in certain cases because they might have had a plan to address some of this and maybe 100%. because it wasn't ad- identified as a critical risk, maybe it wasn't there yet right it'll be interesting to see how but, this plays out, which is yeah
3: yeah I, again it's that negligence conversation right and and you know were were they not properly road mapping out their risk remediation strategy you know I, it's one thing to go. You know, go up in front of a, a judge and, and talk about you know we had this as part of our risk mitigation strategy. It was scheduled for remediation in Q three of twenty twenty two. You know, and, and and here was the plan to get there. We were in process with some of the the action items that we had. Like that's that's a, a conversation about the organization doing its diligence to remediate, but unfortunately, something bad happened. If if it was one hundred percent either ignored. Or it just never bubbled up as an issue at all. That's that's a whole different conversation. That's a, that's an uncomfortable conversation. I wouldn't want to be having. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, it's really the context behind it, right? So if you think about it from yeah. different perspectives, if they if they were presented with the risk and they they said, okay, well, what's the likelihood? And they said the likelihood's mm-hmm. negligible, but the cost is you know a hundred million dollars to yep. fix. They may have decided that the business risk was worth taking, right? Um, kind of, Contrarily, if they had said Well, it's super likely to happen and it's going to cost $1,000 to fix and they decided not to do it. Well, that's a whole different conversation, right? right? Um, And then, you know, they may have never been presented with it. And then I think the liability shifts from, you know, if someone knew about it at the CISO or lower level and didn't report that up, then that's that's a different discussion, right? So, I mean, it's all in the context between how the risk is reported and who took interest in it.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's why I brought out the concepts of due care and due diligence in the last segment as well, because this concept of due diligence and defensible data comes up here. And where's the responsibility of due care at the board level? So uh, this was a motivator for a lot of the the questions in the last segment.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And really important to understand, like. What are you trying to achieve, right? If you're if you're doing the due diligence and you're taking due care, then you you've done your responsible activity. Right. Yeah.
1: So that leads into the next article, which is the four things CISOs want the board to know about. Um, in the the first couple just make me laugh, like you know your cybersecurity budget should be more than one percent of your overall IT spend. I mean, how
3: long is we? How long have we been having that debate, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's come on. You know, you, there there needs to be a level of investment. So let's uh, let's get past this whole one percent of overall IT spending, and let's look at the risk and let's invest properly. Done. You
2: know, right. The one thing I the one thing I did take out of that first bullet was I, I found it interesting that they they said you know on average it's four percent of IT spend, um, but then that begs the question of like, are you underfunding IT? right? Because if you're not funding it, it only half of what it should be funded. Well, that 4.7% is still way underfunded. So but
3: I, but, I, I but think ben, again, I question why it has to be part of the overall it budget. Why are we still? Well, that, that was on my next point. Yeah, that was, yeah, like, like, sh- like, it, it should be its own
2: budgetary item. And you need to look at it, like, is it yeah. well-funded percentage own? of revenue? How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Let's shift the conversation beyond IT. Yeah, Let's yeah. get away from this be it, part, and, being part of IT spend. Let's look at a spend based on overall revenue. How about that? Yeah, the
2: premise behind it itself
3: was, was, poorly, was poorly done, right?
2: That, that was yeah. where I was getting in.
3: I, I absolutely hate that conversation of equating it to IT spend. Hate it.
1: And, and here's why. Here's a really good example why. GDPR doesn't care about how much you spend on IT. It's how not much revenue you nope. have. The penalties nope. right. are based on revenue. So your, your, your
3: costs, your investment one hundred be
1: based on it.
3: 100%. Yes. And you want to know what? We're not just focused on the tech. We're focused on the people. We're focused on the process. We're focused on the risk. And then some technology behind it, right? Because, you know, again, we got to get, we're fighting so hard to get the CISO elevated beyond it's not just an IT problem but then every dollar we spend is associated to IT spend? Come on.
1: Yeah. The other things in here talks about, you You can't talk about how many APTs you block because this is a stupid metric. Um, <laughs> high risk, I- issues are important, uh, culture. Uh, they talk about frameworks here. Look, we know that we have to build a better culture. We know that we should be talking yep. about risks. That's where I wanted to see a little more focus on this, but I, I figured it might light you two up a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you already did, I and mean, we only got to question one <laughs> or, or solution one, right? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm already on fire about this. So you you, you lost me at one percent of IT budget. <laughs> All right, so it, then I'm going
1: to move to the next article article because only four in ten organizations have a CISO, so
2: sixty percent of the organizations don't oh, even of have this
1: conversation.
2: Of course, <laughs> right. like that's all you need, right? I mean, you just need a passing couple companies, and everything's great. I, I, I can't understand any public company, especially a Fortune company, Fortune 500, that would have the lack of a CISO or, or call it something else, but somebody
3: responsible for cyber within the organization. It blows my mind. Yeah. I agree, and I mean, honestly, it's not, it's not even just publicly traded companies. It's God. I mean, even if you're an SMB, have a partner that you work with. I mean, we know that even SMBs are are they're under attack so much. And you know, I, I had to have the unfortunate conversation with the business, and they're not an SMB; they're they're a little bit larger than an SMB, you know. And they they came to us for an incident response activity, and and ultimately they got to the point where they're like, you know what? I think we're just going to have to close shop. They were hit with they were hit with ransomware. Their their cyber liability insurance lapsed, and now they're looking at the spend. And having to, you know, remortgage the owners, having to remortgage their entire lives, and they got to the point where they're like, "I think we just have to have the conversation about shuttering the doors of this business." It's a business that's been around for thirty-five years, hmm. thirty-five yeah. years, and they're talking about shuttering the doors, right? And,
2: and what and would have been the cost? The, what would have been the cost over the last five years if they
3: had had a program in a CISO?
2: Like and that's it, right? right? Partner
3: with an organization. If you can't if you can't yeah. afford to bring in the FTE or you don't have the appetite to bring in the FTE, partner with an organization who can bring you over that finish line, right? And really help you build a program and then manage it over time.
1: Yeah. And and back to your 1% question, 47% believe they're not spending enough on cybersecurity. Yeah, because if you're only spending 1% of the IT budget, of IT course. IT budget. You're
3: not. Right, right. <laughs> And then and then the IT budget may be, you know, neglected and it's like two percent of overall revenue or whatever, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly right. Oh, I love when you guys get going.
3: <laughs> it's so easy to fire so, us up. So Ben, I'm thinking I'm thinking, you know, when when Matt sits down and he tries to get the articles together, he's like, ooh, this one's gonna get Jason going. Oh, that <laughs> one's gonna get Ben on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just seeing so many good book ideas. We need a, uh, so you want to hire a CISO book, right? Or
3: dummy's right. guide I to hiring yes. a CISO. Like... Yep. Yes. T- time to That's co-author exactly. a book together, fellas.
1: <laughs> yep. There we go. Uh, the CISA the CIO's role in helping cybersecurity. Now, I, I think instinctively we know this, right? Like it's yeah, about get communication, out of the way. right? Yeah. Like... Don't be a filter. We <laughs> yeah. talked about it earlier, right? <laughs>
3: Move aside. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. Do not be a door. Be a window. <laughs>
1: stay. Stay in your bubble and communicate with with everybody else. Right. Yeah, I yeah, mean.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yep. <sighs> oh gosh. One hundred percent. It's it's the truth though. It's the one hundred percent truth of of the fact that this day and age, the cybersecurity leader. Should be reporting up to the executive of the organization, the chief executive of the organization. If not, the chief risk officer, I think, is another good one, good good position to be aligned to. Uh, simply because you won't get the filter, you won't get the conflict of interest. You know, we talked about it earlier. You know, would it have made sense for me to report to a chief revenue officer? Absolutely not. Would it have made sense for me to report to a CFO? Absolutely not. Right. So you know we just we we have to be smart about the reporting structure and 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 realize that there's conflicts of interest that could adversely affect the organization if there's a filter in place
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: all right the last two articles are a little a little easier
3: <laughs> all right so i can i can breathe now
1: <sighs> yeah <laughs> you get your blood pressure down jason <laughs>
3: Five new
1: rules for leading a hybrid team. Uh, I I, look. I like to bring in these leadership articles uh, that help people, right? Because we're in this really interesting transition period still. Like, I haven't been to studio since like May, right? Everything we do is remote. It's you know. Mm -hmm. So when Harvard Business Review and some of these other places bring out some of these. Tips and tricks. I think they're good for leaders to really think about, like, how do you want to work with your teams in this remote world? Uh, ben and I were talking earlier this morning about some stuff uh, from a remote perspective, right? And, and these tips, I think are are things you really have to think about as a leader. Uh, the first one I love, like, make work purpose driven. Like, this is what your employees want. They want a purpose. Right, they want to be there to deliver on a purpose, and every time I've left a, a job, it's it. One of the main reasons was the purpose was gone. Like when the yeah. purpose is gone, <clears throat> not staying. Like
2: so, it, it, Engage.
1: So, 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 so Matt, I'm gonna I'm
3: gonna interject here really really quick, right? Because <laughs> the title of the article, and and for me, words matter so much, especially when you're reading an article and and you have an author and five new rules for leading a hybrid team now let's take a step back make work purpose driven is that should new? i be doing that only hybrid or should i have been doing that the whole time i would argue the whole time trust your people I- I question, more than is it feels new? comfortable is these are new? things we should have been doing no matter what <laughs> trust your people more than feels comfortable um should have been doing that even if it wasn't a hybrid environment provide clarity um yeah should have been doing that as well I'll sit back and say, all right, learn in the small moments, send people nudges. Okay. You don't have the water cooler conversation anymore. You don't have the, I used to call it the drive-by where people would walk by my office and go, oh, your doors are open. Oh, All right. Let me come in. All right. I can Mm -hmm. take that one. Send some nudges virtually. Cool. Include everyone. We probably should have been doing that before as well. (laughs) So for me, it's like, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Are these yeah. new rules, or is this the shit we've been neglecting, no, Jason, and now all of a sudden Jason, it's coming you, out because a hybrid? When
2: you go back into the office, just don't include everyone. That That's the lesson here, yeah, right? right. That, that's only right. pertinent in a hybrid environment. <laughs> I, yeah.
3: I mean, you understand where I'm coming from, right? Yes, these are things we should do. have been doing the entire time. Right. Uh,
1: but probably things you have to focus on or work harder at in a hybrid environment sure but but they're not five new rules matt they are not five new rules (laughs) they're they're the five old rules that you really need to concentrate on in a
2: hybrid workforce
3: screwed it all (laughs) up and now you have to rewind and do it retroactively got it (laughs) and here's why here's why right? We've seen,
1: what, 4 million people just resign, like literally step out of the yes! workforce, like I'm done. Yes!
3: Yeah. There's 10.4 million the jobs. I'm out of here. I'll get something new. <laughs> exactly right. Or the, or this, is even, this is why. This is why. This is why. They may
1: not get anything new, actually. They may just be like I'm done with all the BS. I'm <laughs> out of here. 4.4 <laughs> people million leave their jobs when you have 10.4 million job opening. All we did is we just increased our the number
3: of jobs <laughs> we need by like 40%. 100%. And this is why. Because the new rules are make work purpose-driven. That's not a new freaking rule. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm on fire today, folks. I'm on fire. He's fired (laughs) up.
3: It was the 1% of IT budget that did it. (laughs) It was. Actually, I think
1: you know what it was. I think your Patriots look so good. They're on this like uh, playoff (laughs) run to the Super Bowl. It's the Mac attack effect. Yeah. I think you're just. It always relates back. (laughs) (laughs) It started on Thursday night with a 25 0 thumping of of the Falcons. and, And there you go. I throw out a one percenter and that's it. it game <laughs> over. I love it. All right. Last article before we get to the Thanksgiving break. Now, this was uh, interesting. I'm writing a book. And I, I go, again, I go to language, right? And, and I've got this, this paragraph highlighted. Similar to financial planning, cybersecurity should be incorporated as part of everyday business. We said that a million times. It's not an add on. It should be embedded in the organization, which is why we use the term embedded endurance strategy. They're writing this book. But I stop and I think about that for a second. Like, embedded endurance strategy. Is is that what this is? Like, I'm not quite sure that's it either. Like I I, I, I'm curious you guys' thought on that term because I'm not sure that was what I was expecting.
3: No, I mean, I, I would, you know, I would call it more of a business resilience strategy. Yes. At, at the end of the day, if if I were if I were going to try to coin something markety and you know something that they would uh, an embedded endurance strategy, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Yes, I, I I went
1: down the resilience discussion as well. Like, why wouldn't you use business resilience? Because mm-hmm. to me, that's what it's all about. It's not about endurance per se. I mean, like maybe if if you're a runner, endurance matters, but.
3: Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I get it, Matt. Hold on again. This is me on fire, right? We have to have endurance for the seven weeks it's going to take to remediate the ransomware attack that just hit us (laughs) right No, (laughs) It's not the endurance side. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, it, it, this is it's not about trying to make resilience. things
2: sound more important than they are That's because right. people don't want to focus on
1: resiliency. That's so right. They want to stop trying to validate our
3: own existence.
1: <laughs> exactly right, and and again, at the end of the day, this all goes back to risk and risk mm-hmm. and risk and managing risk right. and like understanding that cybersecurity is part of the broader risk discussion. This is what we were talking about mm-hmm. in the last segment. If cybersecurity is one of the risks that the board has to manage from a fiduciary responsibility, yeah, because they also have to manage financial risk and all the other risks that are mm-hmm. out there, then this is a risk discussion. Why do we have to come up with new names and new terms and new stuff to
3: just basically say, "Can you just manage risk?" That's right. And and you want to know what it does? It creates more confusion. So now you have now you'll have this board of you know member of a board of directors going to the CEO, hey, what's this embedded endurance strategy thing? Maybe we should talk about that. (laughs) Come on, it's noise.
0: (sighs) It's
1: noise. Gentlemen, it's always so much fun to have you on. I I love the dialogue. Uh, Everybody, please have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week on Business Security Weekly.